0: Welcome back to the Taught by Grace podcast. We are studying through the Ten Commandments, and this week we come to the Ninth Commandment. In this week's episode, we define what it means to bear false witness and see how lying affects harmfully our neighbor, and then we conclude the episode by seeing how God calls us to be a people who are shaped by the truth, speak the truth, and live in truth. Here's this week's episode. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? You've likely heard this question posed in a courtroom or on a TV drama before. It is pressed upon the witness when he or she steps to the stand. Joe may have seen a murder and now is responsible to tell the truth about the scene as accurately as he can remember. Sally may have witnessed a robbery at the local 7-Eleven and now must tell the truth about what she saw. On the witness stand, telling the truth is not optional. It is essential. It is serious business to tell the truth in the courtroom. It can determine whether or not the right person is convicted. It can keep an innocent man free or sentence a guilty man. If you commit perjury, you could be imprisoned yourself. Put simply, the right verdict is largely dependent upon how trustworthy and truthful the witnesses are. So they are asked to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. This is a legal responsibility in a court of law, but telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, isn't just the responsibility of the witness on the stand. It is the responsibility of every single Christian. Telling the truth is not just for the courtroom, it is for every room. From the bedroom to the classroom, from the break room to the Oval Office, from the street corner to the pulpit, it is necessary everywhere. And telling the truth is what the ninth commandment is all about. In Exodus twenty sixteen, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. The other centered portion of the Ten Commandments has shown us how we can deeply offend and wrong our neighbor. We can hurt our parents by dishonoring them. We can kill, commit adultery, and steal. It is easy to see that breaking those commands is very harmful to others. But what about this week's commandment, the ninth commandment? Don't bear false witness against thy neighbor. Is this really that big of a deal? We may be inclined to think that lying isn't a big deal until we actually consider the hurt it causes. If a man sneaks around with a mistress, his deception and unfaithfulness will bring untold harm to his wife. If an employee seems honest but is secretly embezzling thousands of dollars, that lie is deeply offensive and harmful to his employer his fellow employees and his business as a whole how many of you have been hurt by someone lying to you or lying about you how many times have you hurt someone by lying to them or lying about them the rank smell of lying becomes even more putrid when we hear what god thinks of lying proverbs 6 verses 16 through 19 lists some things that god hates and lying is there twice these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. A little white lie is not a little white sin to God. He despises lying. He hates both the lying tongue and the false witness that speaks lies. So then to break the ninth commandment is to do that which God hates satan deceived eve in the garden by lying to her about the heart and word of god in john jesus called satan the father of lies so then to be a liar is to be as satan-like as you can be and ungodlike as you can be if you aren't yet convinced of how repulsive it is to god consider one example just one there would be more than this but consider ananias and sapphira in acts 5. they gave money to the church It's a very good thing to do. There was no requirement, but they willingly and voluntarily gave money to them. But here was the problem they said they gave all. They didn't have to give all, but they said they gave all. And because they said they gave all, God slew them on the spot. And He killed them because, as Peter said, they lied to the Holy Ghost. They weren't killed because they didn't give everything they had, they were killed because they said, They gave everything they had and they didn't. This is how serious God is about lying and about bearing false witness. God is not indifferent about lying. His word is not indifferent about lying. You and I should not be indifferent about lying. So let's see what this commandment has to teach us. We're going to look first of all at the offense of this commandment at the beginning of the verse. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You've lied to me is a phrase that rings through homes when there is an offended child, parent, or spouse. However, if Clark ate the last cookie and said he didn't, I doubt Meredith's response would be, you bore false witness against me. That's not the language we use. However, it is how God spoke in this verse. So what does it mean to bear false witness? We shouldn't come to this text assuming that we know exactly what it means. Yes, it is about lying, and we will see that. But we do injustice to the words of God if we just started at that assumption. We need to know what bear false witness means because that is the offense prohibited in this verse. And by the way, it is important for us to remember when we are studying God's word that every single word of the word is inspired by God. Therefore, we must give careful attention and take heed to what the words say. So let's see what bear false witness means. And we're going to look at this in two parts, narrowly and broadly. Narrowly, we must note that to bear witness brings us into a judicial proceeding. A witness would testify to whether or not the accusations against the defendant were true. It wouldn't be exactly the same as what you see happen in Matlock or Blue Bloods, but the principle is the same. The fate of another person essentially rested in the witness's hands or better on his tongue. Kevin Young emphasized this by saying, witnesses were everything in the ancient world. They're also important today, but we also have audio recordings, fingerprints, and DNA testing. They didn't have any of that, but they had eyewitnesses, end quote. We'll spend more time on this aspect in just a moment, but bearing false witness is most narrowly about lying in a judicial sense to the harm and hurt of someone else. It would be a witness seeing the defendant on trial or how how it worked in israel and saying he did the crime even if he didn't that would be bearing false witness he would be bringing dishonor and ultimately inflicting pain on someone who was not worthy of that that's the narrow sense notice the broad sense when someone bears false witness in a judicial sense they are choosing to promote a lie rather than to tell the truth no one bears false witness accidentally unintentionally or unknowingly. You may not tell the whole truth because you speak without having complete information. You may not tell the whole truth because someone lied to you and you unknowingly perpetuate a lie. You can do those things ignorantly ignorantly, and unintentionally, not necessarily to the fault of your own other than the fact that our tongue speaks too quickly too many times, but you can do those things without bearing false witness. But to bear false witness, is to willingly and intentionally lie rather than telling the truth. When we see this, we know bearing false witness is far more broad than if you do it just in a local, federal, or national court. It can happen in any situation throughout every day. We can do it by against someone by whispering lies about our neighbor. We can bear false witness against ourselves by saying something we're not. If you puff yourself up to get the girl or get the job, you are bearing false witness. And we can bear false witness against God by saying something he didn't say, by misrepresenting him, by misrepresenting his word. There are many preachers who bear false witness against God by misrepresenting his word. Succinctly put, you bear false witness when you know what the truth is and tell a lie instead of telling the truth. It's a choice to bear false witness. When you put lying in this light, it doesn't seem so little or white anymore, does it? It's apparent innocence goes away even more when you see, secondly, the offended in this verse. Notice how this text prohibits bearing false witness against thy neighbor. When you bear witness or you testify, your testimony is going to directly affect someone else. If you tell the truth, Or if you tell a lie, it will impact the person you are speaking about or to. This last phrase shows us how this sin is particularly offensive to our neighbor. We can, by application, know that God is prohibiting willingly telling a lie in general. But as we've seen, he's specifically prohibiting willingly lying to the harm of our neighbor. This is why it is so serious. Think of the implications of this in Israel, as we saw in the narrow sense of what this is about. It is about a judicial hearing. Think about the implications of what this would have been like in Israel. Imagine someone named Jedediah being accused of killing someone. He didn't actually do it, but Jethro came forth as a witness and said he did. Deuteronomy 17 lays out God's pattern of justice in Israel, and one witness wouldn't be enough. So Jethro goes and finds someone else to agree with him. He has so much against Jedediah that he convinces Azariah to say that he killed him as well. These two get their argument put together so well that Jedediah is condemned for being a murderer and stoned for his crime or his apparent crime. Now, in this imaginary example, Jedediah was a good godly man. But because they bore false witness against him, he was put to death. Their lie resulted in his death. And this extreme illustration shows us how depraved it is to bear false witness against our neighbor. When you willingly lie or harm or injure another person, it is sinful. It doesn't have to be this extreme either. We can do it by whispering lies about someone we don't like so that others will think less of her or him. We can also bear false witness against our neighbor by making ourselves look better than we actually are. Now, it is good to point out the various ways we can bear false witness against our neighbor. But we need more than a diagnosis. We need the cure. It is helpful, and it can be, to try to describe and try to pinpoint all of the ways that we sin by breaking this commandment. But I think the better way is to see how we should keep this commandment. We need something more than a description of every possible way to lie. We need something more than simply saying, don't lie. We need more than this because bearing false witness is a symptom of a heart disease. Jesus taught us that what comes out of the mouth finds its origin in the heart. And if we will have tongues that don't speak lies, we need hearts remade by the truth of the gospel. We need true hearts to have true lips. It is impossible to be true unless your heart has been transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must first have hearts that are remade, but if we are in Christ, we need hearts shaped and molded by the truth of God's word. Your mouth will reveal what your heart is, therefore you must have a heart shaped by truth. This is the all-encompassing solution to every example of bearing false witness that we can think of, whether it's gossip, slander, malice, or just straight up lying. The antidote to all of those is the truth. Because the truth binds you, the truth keeps you, the truth holds you. It is the antidote to every possible way to break this commandment. We must be people remade and shaped by the truth of God through the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4 is once again instructive about the other side of the coin for one of the commandments. In verse 25 it says, Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. The antidote is right there. Stop lying and speak the truth. This is the way we keep the ninth commandment. We must be people who speak the truth because our God is truth and we are people of truth in him. Now, also, we've seen how telling a lie will badly affect our neighbor. But think of how you and I can bear true witness for our neighbor instead of bearing false witness against them. We are so quick to shed blood with our tongues. we should be quick to heal and mend wounds we rapidly slander gossip and bite when we should run to speak well of our neighbor instead we should especially defend a friend neighbor a fellow christian or anyone who has been falsely spoken against and by the way this will take courage if you are in a situation when you hear someone tell a lie about somebody else you and i should stand up for that person when we know it is a lie, whether we like that person or not, whether they're an easy person to deal with or not, and we should stop the lie and stop the gossip and say, no, that's not true, rather than bearing false witness against them. As Thomas Watson said, the mandatory part of this commandment is this, that we stand up for others and vindicate them when they are injured by lying lips that's what we should do. We must be people of the truth and we must remember as we come to a close that everything about our faith is truth centered. Truth is trinitarian in nature. Our Father is true, the Son is the truth and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word of God is the truth. The church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth in 1st Timothy 3, 15. The message we preach is the truth of the gospel. Christian faith is what it is because it is true. We are called to live true lives in line with our true faith from our true God. This is why the ninth commandment is so important. We don't stop lying just because it's the right thing to do. We should never do something in this regard just because it's the right thing to do. Now, if that's all the reason you've got to do something because it's the right thing to do then by all means do it because it's the right thing to do but we ought to have a greater motivation and especially when it comes to our obedience to god and love for others our love for god and love for others we should do it because of who god is and who we are to be we must be people of truth let's finish with the question we began with do you swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth We've well seen that this is not limited to a courtroom, but to tell the whole truth should be the theme of our lives. Husbands and wives, you must speak the truth and be true to your spouse. Children, you must be honest and full of integrity with your parents. Pastors and preachers, we must speak the truth by saying what God has said. Employees, be full of integrity in how you work. Christians, let us be true in all that we are. And all that we do, whether it's at the gas station or the marriage altar, whether it's in face to face conversation or over text message, whether it's in church or on Instagram, wherever you go, whatever you do, whenever you speak, be people of truth. And by the way, if we're going to be people of truth, we need the Lord's help. Perhaps the best thing we can do to be a people of truth is to say, Lord, I can't control my tongue. Because we know very clearly the Bible teaches us that in our own strength, in our own power, in our own ability, we can't do this. It's like a raging fire. If we're honest, breaking this commandment is probably the one we break more often than any other commandment because we do it without even thinking about it. So you and I, and our response should be to turn to our Father who wants us to obey Him, wants us to honor Him, and will help us do it. And say, I have a tongue that deceives too much. I have a tongue that bites and slanders too much. Will you help me? And by His grace and by His mercy, He will help us to be a people who speak the truth and a people of the truth. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Talk by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. So I hope you will join me next week on the next edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.